Hello, hello. So just a quick forward before we jump into the episode here. We actually did encounter some minor technical difficulties which resulted in some dropped audio at just very few points uh, during the episode. So please forgive us for that. We did manage to rectify the issue in the next episode. So moving forward, hopefully we shouldn't have to face this problem again. And thank you, as always, for your patience with us. So without further ado, let's get into it. What is up, fellow humans? Welcome back to the Into the Adultverse podcast, the podcast where we aim to facilitate the growth of youngins into healthy, wealthy, and wise adults. Yep, absolutely. And uh, just like to say a quick thank you to everybody for their feedback on the past couple episodes. It's all critique that we're looking to take into account to make this a better listening experience for you guys also a quick shout out to Ingad for his work on the intro music uh it sounds really really great so thank you for that and we'll link his socials down in the episode description so please give him a, a listen too Nice. Um, so without further ado, let's get started. Uh, today's episode is on goal setting and uh, kind of New Year's Eve resolutions. Um, so with that being said, what we're going to discuss today is how to set good goals, um, goals that are smart, um, and goals that are able, you're actually able to stick with throughout the new year. Because um, really quick stat, apparently uh, about 75% of people... Um, only 75% of people stick with their New Year's resolutions through the first week of the new year, so about 25% drop yeah. off. And then by the end of the year, um, only 8% are actually able to stick with um, the resolutions that they've done for the year. So that's a really, really quick drop off rate. So that's definitely something we want to be discussing and talking about our experiences in goal setting and how some sort of strategies that we've used to kind of stick with stuff. Yeah, I like starting with the stats. 75%. Yeah. Only in the first week. Yeah, apparently. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I know it's uh, I don't want to like get too off topic like right away, but I, I was just talking about this with some of my friends, but do you think when it comes to the turn of a year, uh when we're entering either a new year, a new decade or say like a new century? Yeah. Do you think that yields proportional increases in the amount of inspiration or motivation people feel going into that year oh I and do you think that would do you think that like that would lead to more likelihood of adhering to goals even if for a little longer uh do you mean like the difference between a new year versus a new decade yeah exactly oh versus like a new or millennium a new century even yeah huh that's a good question uh i like i think the fact that new year's does that at all is an indicator that yes it does increase goals right uh because otherwise new year's wouldn't even do anything um so I would say that yes. I think that um, yeah. I would say definitely yes. That um, having some sort of like larger event um, definitely increases the proportionality of your motivation. Because I like speaking personally, like a new decade. It's like you have an entirely fresh sheet of a decade. It's not just a year, right? And that's mm-hmm. I think what attracts most people to it is the fact that they have that new year of fresh sheet. 
but like having that entire 10 years of, of a fresh sheet is really cool what, what about you absolutely i know i i definitely believe that it does yield a proportional increase in motivation so i guess like this comes at a good time at this podcast and let's let's kind of channel that and leverage that put us in the best possible position we can going into this new year definitely um so I guess when it comes to talking about goal setting, uh, one thing I also want to talk about is habituation and habit forming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they, they really do go hand in hand. And if you can build up habits around your the goals you want to achieve, then it makes the whole process a lot more effortless. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Just a quick note before kind of getting into habits. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with like the SMART framework for goals. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted. Oh, do you want to start with that? Yeah, I wanted to touch yeah, on that yeah, real quick. Sure. Okay, just because so. I'm not sure if uh, everybody <laughs> listening is is familiar with it, but if you are familiar with it, um, the Smart Framework is essentially kind of like a framework for thinking about setting goals. So it's the new year, and you want to set a new goal, whatever that may be, whether it's to exercise, become vegetarian, right? And so, what is a good goal? Like, how do you set a goal that you're actually going to stick to and be accountable to for the year and make a measurable difference? Well. Well, I kind of just said it. Measurable is one of the things. But a SMART goal is a goal that's specific, measurable, assignable, realistic, and time-based. So we're go- we'll go into all of those. Um, Jamie, do you want to start talking about what a specific goal is? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's kind of self-explanatory. But you want to be as granular and as uh, like honed in on the goals as much as possible because if you're too vague with it then you leave too much room for you to flop on your goal because for example if you just say okay this new year I want to go to the gym or I want to get fit you know that is a super un- uh, <laughs> ambiguous goal and like, like what does that even mean like what what level of fit would uh, satisfy that that goal so a better way to say that would be I want to lose 10 pounds See, that's specific. That's granular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great point about the specific. Yeah, sort of same thing as like, you know, I want to eat less meat, but like how much is less? Like, do you want to be vegetarian for like a couple days a week, You know, Mondays and Fridays, like whatever it is, right? Um, yeah, and continuing on to measurable. Um, measurable goals are things that like you can measure and that you can actually have progress towards. So like Damien said, losing 10 pounds is extremely measurable. You can measure your weight at the beginning of the year and you can measure your weight at any point during the year to check your progress towards that goal um so i think that's very important in general with any goal and like in business as well like metrics are very important right so you want to have something that you can judge your progress against so you can know whether to increase your efforts or decrease them or whatever it is for sure and moving on to the a which is achievable or attainable which can be uh you can kind of mix it up with realistic goals too but it's essentially the idea of is this goal achievable attainable given the resources given the time energy that you have um yeah within like the time frame that you're going to be setting for yourself in contrast to is it realistic you may have all of those boxes ticked but if it doesn't necessarily fall within the the uh I don't know, like maybe like, so like the example that people were giving was that if it isn't really relevant to your life purpose, it's not exactly going to be something that you're going to be devoted to um, 
pursuing, right? Yeah, so there are certain so things you can achieve, too. but then there are certain things that you wouldn't achieve even if you could, right? Is that the difference? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then that leaves being timely. Yeah, being timely. Just a quick note on that. I actually have that down as assignable rather than achievable. I kind of lumped in okay. achievable and realistic as the same one, and I switched to A to assignable. Um, right. For me, that was just a case of, like, there are certain goals I'm working on with, like, multiple people. So there are certain things that need to be assigned to different people. So that's, I, I guess, more of in a group setting. Uh, for something like a New Year's resolution, like, that's definitely very personal. So it, I, I think achievable versus or attainable versus realistic are, are better descriptors there. Um, so good point. Um, I like that. Yeah. Um, with time-based goals, um, you also want to have a set time frame in which you can accomplish this goal. Um, so let's sort of unpack the goal that you were talking about before with losing 10 pounds. Um, so right there, we have something that's specific. It, I, in fact, I could even make it more specific. Like um, you don't want to just lose 10 pounds of muscle. You want to lose body fat, right? So um, what, maybe what you could do is I want to go from 18% body fat to 13% body fat, right? Get those abs popping, you know. Um, so that's a specific goal. That's a measurable goal. You can get a DEXA scan, you know, whatever you want to measure your body fat. It's assignable slash achievable i'm assuming this fits with like your life mission and all that because i mean you're the one setting it right i think it is realistic a five percent drop and now how do i make it time-based well i think time-based sort of goes with measurable as well like you want to have goal posts and signposts along the way so you want to say that okay by this certain time i want to have achieved this in order to achieve this by this certain time there's certain like progress metrics that i want to hit along the way um, so you could say that, okay, by July, I want to get that beach bot. So by July, I want to drop 5% body fat or whatever it is. And maybe your goal is for the entire year. And some goals also are just like indefinite goals, right? Like lifestyle choices. Like um, personally, like I'm going vegetarian this year. Um, well, I, I luckily had a couple of weeks head start into the new year just to get a little bit of momentum, <laughs> which is another thing I'll talk about. But um, yeah, so that isn't really like a time-based goal. Like there is no... Um, there's no end to that. That's just sort of like the rest of the time I'm alive. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And all of these together are incredibly important when it comes to setting goals and following through with them. Because if you, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And if you can't manage it, then you're probably most likely going to flop on it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I guess we can start talking about, like, so what you touched on is you starting some of these goals even before, uh, not, not even just waiting for that, the first of the year to hit, you started like a week or two uh, prior to that. And for most people, I think that, that are like really serious about their goals, that's going to be like that timeline that they're going to be waiting for as well. They're not going to be waiting for that first of the year to start making that change. They're starting today. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I super agree with that. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to start a little bit early. I think um, as in a lot of other things, and there's actually a really good book on this that I'll, I'll discuss in a bit, but as with a lot of other things, there's huge inertia. Human beings are just subject to inertia. Physics is subject to inertia. And one of the things about inertia is it's way easier to get moving once you're already moving, and it's way harder to start if you're stopped. Um, so having that momentum has been really useful for me because when the new year came about, it wasn't like I had to rediscover my, like re-completely change my behavior and all that sort of stuff. Um, it was more so I'm just continuing what I've been doing and I've already like faced some challenges along the way to it uh, that I've been able to overcome. So if I've overcome those challenges, it's just a matter of continuing on. Um, so the book I was going to talk about is 
I think it's called The Path of Least Resistance. It's a really, really good book. Uh, but it essentially says that uh, the goals that you set or the habits that you set uh, will always follow the path of least resistance. You're going to do whatever's easiest for you. So one way that that shows up is if you have a ton of junk food in your cupboard, you're going to eat unhealthy just because it's easy. It's right there. It's very accessible. Um, if you have Uber Eats or the McDonald's app installed and every morning it sends you a notification saying, hey, like we have breakfast sandwiches, $5 off. Like you're going to get a breakfast sandwich at McDonald's. Like each of those are like 800 calories, right? Um, <laughs> so it's it's about making things follow the path of least resistance, making the habits that you want to form very, very easy to form. Um, mm-hmm. And so there, there are a lot of things I can talk about there, but yeah, I just want to hear your thoughts on that too. Um, I mean, I think that ties in really nicely to uh, the research surrounding habituation mm-hmm. and uh, habit forming. Um, because that's one of the fundamental tenets when it comes to building a new habit is you want to make it as frictionless as possible, right? Um, when it comes to something like eating healthy, again, I know it's vague, but when it comes to eating healthy, there are two things you could do. You can either, you know, like try and resist the urge to not eat that, that cake that's in the fridge, or you can just make sure there's no cake in the fridge to start with, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or even something like um, if you want to start running in the mornings, that you want to wake up 6 a.m., get that cardio in, start the day off right. Another way to get the the ball rolling on that, because, you know, let's be be honest, who's really trying to wake up at 6 a.m. to to go running? Because that's a very, there's a lot of inertia with that. For sure. But one thing you can do is, you know, just sleep in your running clothes. Give yourself fewer excuses to opt out of doing that thing in the morning. Yeah. Because um, like we give it enough time, we can rationalize our, our way out of anything. Absolutely. Out of doing anything, right? Even if it's beneficial for us. Um, yeah, so you have any thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, no, that's a really great point. Um, I think that kind of goes with the idea of like stacking habits as well, right? So certain habits are easier mm-hmm. to stack. I was just thinking like when you were talking about running in particular, um, let's say like one of your goals for the new year is to wake up um, five days a week, you know, and run at 6 a.m. every one of those days. It's specific, it's measurable, it's realistic, it's time-based, right? Um, mm-hmm. So you have the, all the elements of a smart goal, but one of the things that, like you mentioned, is that, first off, it's not, there's a lot of inertia there, right? And another thing is, like, you're not, no one's waking up at 6 a.m. and running if they go to sleep at, like, 2 or 3, right? Because it's just going to be a shit run, and it's not, like, you're not going to wake up, right? Um, so another one of those things is stacking habits, and there are things called keystone habits as well that like you sort of or cornerstone habits where you you build one habit and then a bunch of habits are kind of added onto that and you can stack those habits into into your lifestyle so an example of that is the running right if you're waking up every day at 6 a.m to go to the gym or to run or whatever it is then by nature like you're gonna have to start sleeping earlier and that in and of itself is a is a great goal to have you know like sleeping more hours mm-hmm. throughout the day um that's in fact that's one of my goals for this new year's um and so sleeping like whatever it is let's say it's that eight hours um that's a stack on habit to you going to the gym and sleeping you know that eight hours maybe that means like you're starting your bedtime routine earlier it means you're shutting down electronics earlier you know like you're disconnecting earlier and there are many many things you can like stack onto that uh if you've gone for a run and now you're coming home maybe you're eating a protein shake every morning you're eating a little healthier you're making that kale smoothie you know whatever it is um, <laughs> um, so all of those, I think, are ways that you can make seemingly unconnected habits or 
habits that have their own inertia and kind of roll their inertia into one habit. So if you're able to yeah. overcome that one moment of inertia in the morning and go to the gym, it probably means you've overcome all the other inertias, right? Or overcome that inertia to go to sleep early uh, at 10 p.m., then it's way easier to wake up at 6 a.m., right? So, Absolutely. Yeah. There's, a, there's a tenet in... Uh, in I guess cooking or like the culinary arts, mm-hmm. uh, which is like mise en place. If you heard of it before? No, I don't think I have. Everything in its oh, place it's is it, or put things in its place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's just because I know French, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> That's good, but it's it's kind of self-explanatory almost. Yeah. Um, but I really like the how that overlaps with what we're discussing here. Mm-hmm. But it's essentially, yeah, like you, everything has its place. So you set up your environment in a manner that is conducive to you performing your best work. Mm-hmm. So in the culinary world, it would be like, okay, I have all my uh, ingredients, all my tools uh, set up for me already, so that once I'm in the like in the the uh, the thick of everything, I'm not running around trying to get sugar or flour or whatever. Yeah. everything's already there that I need. And um, that ties in nicely with this, right? Like, if you have your environment set up properly for you, it works with you towards helping you achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, like, the research behind it shows that roughly 40% of our do- a day or so comes down to habits. Because mm-hmm. those are those effortless things, right? Like, once we have those habits formed, we just naturally fall into the cycle of it. Yeah. So 40% of our day, like, that's, that's a major uh, chunk of it. So it really calls to mind that, okay, we need to be cognizant of the way that we're carrying out our day, the the habits that we're actually forming. So just as you can reduce friction to promote the adoption of a habit, you can also increase friction to discourage the persistence of an adverse habit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a really good segue. Yeah, and yeah, into like right? I guess a lot of people's New Year's resolutions aren't necessarily like building new habits, but they're also breaking old habits and Mm-hmm. Um, just a quick note on that as well. Um, I definitely feel like um, those are very much related things. Uh, breaking a habit by itself is very hard. Breaking a habit and replacing it with a good habit, I think, is, is much, much easier. So as an example, let's say um, you have a bad habit of scrolling social media really, really late at night and wasting like three hours on Instagram and then sleeping at 2 a.m. Um, all that blue light from the screen is making you have shit quality sleep. Uh, and then you're tired during the morning, you don't want to go to the gym because you're tired, and you just show up at work like on the dot at 9 a.m. right before your manager calls mm-hmm. you late, right? Um, so let's unpack that. Well, what? how do you break that habit, and how do you kind of replace that with a good habit? I would, I would argue that those go hand in hand. It's a lot easier to replace that habit with something good rather than just breaking that habit and then having all that extra free time for no reason. Maybe that replacement means like, you're reading a book instead, you're sleeping a little earlier, and then you're going to the gym in the morning with all that new time. And you're way more energized as well, right? Because of that. Um, and with that comes along the stacking of habits too. So yeah, talk to me more about like what you think about breaking habits and and how that kind of ties into all this conversation. Yeah, I definitely agree with the replacing as opposed to just strict breaking of a habit. Mm-hmm. And um the, the the whole idea again like of stacking habits is excellent because one yields the other and if those are both beneficial things then you're more likely to be spending more of your day doing things that are going to be benefiting you mm-hmm. if you're looking for a book to read on this uh atomic habits is a really really good one 
Um, actually, mm-hmm. um, I was in uh, a coffee chat with the CEO of Well Simple, and it's one of the books he recommended as well. Um, Atomic Habits is just an amazing book. It's um, pretty much like centered on this idea of like that inertia, um, how to stack these habits, what keystone habits are, how to build smart and realistic habits, and sort of like how to how to implement habits in your life. Um, so if you haven't read that book, would highly highly recommend it to anybody listening out there. Yeah. Also, um, I definitely believe that if you're serious about something and you actually care about it, then you can actually take the time to study it as well. Um, and it's important to do it to when it comes to habit forming, it's important to do that as well. Um, I think there's a lot of differing opinions out there on how long it can take to form a habit. And I think it's important not to fall back on that, like whatever number you find, just because depending on the habit itself, it can take longer or shorter to cement it into your schedule. For example, going out of your day to just drink an extra glass of water, that's a habit that can take maybe like a month or two to form. Whereas hitting the gym regularly, that's a habit that can take three or four months to form, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And the important thing is just be consistent. Even if you don't want to do it, just do it. And I think it's something that a lot of people need to hear. And maybe like this being the second day of the, the, the new year might be a good time to hear it. You don't need to be motivated to get something done. Mm-hmm. Like You don't need to wait for motivation to strike, right? Just get the ball rolling on that. Utilize inertia in your favor. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, the work on flow states by... I'm going to butcher his name because I have no idea how to pronounce it. It's like Chisholm Kamalahari or something <laughs> like that. I, I don't know how to pronounce it either, so I'm not even going to bother correcting you. But yes, I, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But his, uh, yeah, he has a book on it as well. Um, but his work on flow states is incredibly educational and very conducive towards um, utilizing it towards achieving your habits as well. And you know that time and flow state, the work you produce there too, is unparalleled so if you can try and um, build that into your schedule um, set up more time for you to uh, engage in like the things that you want to do some of these goals this creative work whatever it is get in that flow state and you're going to see exponential growth yeah. through those moments uh, one thing i'd like to mention in like support of that as well is like i think this goes with like why should you create these habits right like what's the point of like you know like compartmentalizing your life and like scheduling things out and and you know like doesn't it take the fun out of things like you're not spontaneous anymore and i think this is a really good point against that in the sense that um having these habits doesn't if anything frees your life into uh into you being able to choose more of what you actually want to choose so what i mean by that is um the freedom to like you know sleep at 3 a.m like yes you always have that freedom and yeah maybe you consider that like the primary freedom in life but i i doubt most people do and if anything, having these habits and having these things out of the way in the beginning of the days, and like you mentioned, about 40% of your day is habits. So having those good things happen in that 40% means that you get to decide what happens in the rest of that 60%. And you have less of that decision fatigue, less of that context switching fatigue, um, all of that sort of stuff. And because you have all that stuff like lessened, you kind of get to uh, focus more of your attention on that remaining 60% of your life and how you want to leave that part of your life um so as an example like a lot of famous entrepreneurs do this but mark zuckerberg i think is a really good example uh, zuckerberg 100%. has his own eccentricities um 
as as we may say but one of the things he does is he wears the same clothes like almost every day right and mm-hmm. what that does for him the same kind of blue jeans hoodie t-shirt right and what that does for him is that he doesn't have to decide ever in the morning what to dress like he just picks it out of the closet and it's the exact same thing all the time and because of that he he uses his mind a little bit less in the morning than the rest of us right and he gets to save that brain power and save that decision making capability for later in the day uh, where he's making decisions he actually really needs his full attention on and his full care and thought on and i think that's really really important and we can all take that away and whether you like to believe it or not you do experience some form of decision fatigue um the act of making a decision in and of itself is a tiring act for most people um for everybody actually just making any like high level decision makes you tired in and of itself i don't know if you've ever been in a day where you have to decide on like 13 different things like as soon as you woke up and you're like shit i'm already tired like i'm already stressed out like there's so many things i have to consider that does take a lot of energy like physical energy and mental energy um and so have that's just a case for having these habits in in order to kind of free your life to make the decisions you want to be making you don't want these decisions to be made for you you want to be making those decisions absolutely even like uh, a common example of that is when you go out shopping right mm-hmm. i don't know I, I don't know about you but like for me and i think like a lot of people that i know too like it's a very tiring process oh, yeah. <laughs> like you just yeah there's all this stimuli like oh do i want this shirt or do i want these pants like it's yeah there's just too much to have to sift through and uh that's why like a lot of these like high performers too they plan out their day the day before Again, taking as much of the decision fatigue um, out of the day as possible, as much as possible, just because like we do have a limited cognitive bandwidth, right? For and sure. it is an expendable resource. So if you can put yourself in as good a position to start the next day as much as possible, then you're going to be performing at a much higher level. Absolutely. Uh, you know that's like that's also why it's important to be intentionable intention intentional oops about <laughs> how <laughs> it's important to be intentional about how you start the day um just because that can set the tone for the rest of the day too right mm-hmm. which is why you know as soon as i wake up every day i pull out my phone and stay on it for three hours <laughs> <laughs> oh priorities uh, priorities <laughs> yeah priorities you know no it's a really good point yeah. uh, that's a good segue into also um, one of the things I want to want to do with this podcast is talk more about like our personal experiences and how our personal experiences can like maybe maybe you guys can draw wisdom from that. And um, personally, I I really really feel you on the setting up your day the night before and stuff like that. So one of the things I do is um, like I pack my bag the night before, and that's something that's really 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 helped me, um, especially if you're still going to school or even if you're going to work. Um, kind of helped me to be a lot, lot more productive in the mornings and get rid of that decision fatigue and sort of that rush. Everyone knows that rush, like, oh, the bus is coming in three minutes. I got to sprint to the bus stop like that. I try and reduce that. I mean, it happens, but I try and reduce that as much as possible. And one of the ways I do that is setting up my day, bef- my bag the day before. So what I do is I pack my gym clothes, I'll meal prep my lunch, and I'll put it in a part of the fridge. So I, got, I meal prep my lunches, I freeze them, and then every night i come home and take it out so it's in it's in the fridge instead of frozen so it like dethaws right. and i'll put it in a part of the fridge that's really easy to grab and like the first place i look at um i'll put my protein powder like on my countertop so i'm ready to scoop it out um not all of you may have this privilege like if you're living at home or like if you're living with housemates and stuff but i was lucky to have that um this past semester um so yeah my bag is packed it has my gym clothes it has my shoes tied to it um 
So my keys are like on a little hook by the door. So as I leave, I grab them. So I'm never worrying about like, oh, where are my keys? Where's my wallet? Like I need to pack my gym clothes. Which gym clothes am I wearing today? All that stuff is taken Mm -hmm. care of. And that makes it a lot, lot easier for me to go to the gym. In fact, it's almost harder to not go to the gym because then I have to put everything back. Because like, then I look like a bucket carrying my ball shoes to work. You know what I mean? I didn't even (laughs) hit the gym this morning, right? So it kind of creates a pressure on yourself to to even do that when you don't want to do it. And that's something that's been really useful for me. And I like how in doing so, you open up more time in the day um, for yourself as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think like one thing maybe you can try doing before you start setting your habits is auditing your time like see how in a typical day that you're spending your time because for example like just to speak on my own experience i used to spend a lot of time on oh yeah it's a trap the end of scroll is so nasty (laughs) yeah and um you know once i made the choice to kind of like i just delete I, i still have it but i just deleted it off my phone and i opened up like three hours in the day for myself and you know, they, I guess tying it back to what we were saying about like replacing adverse habits, as opposed to just cutting them out, I had no idea what to do with those three hours, <laughs> so I replaced it with Reddit. <laughs> um, but yeah, like if you can audit your time, you can see like where in the day you're you are wasting time, where you can be spending it doing more valuable things, and again, like valuable things doesn't you don't always have to be productive. Valuable things could literally just be taking half an hour out of your day just to decompress maybe like if you can squeeze in a nap that's fantastic too like there's a lot of science on how napping uh during midday can actually help us for the rest of the day um so just yeah doing that um yeah yeah no i think it's a really good point um especially with the like auditing your time that's a great first step before like you know, sort of thinking about what these resolutions have to be. And, and keep in mind, like like we said before, like the timing doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be something you start on the first. So if you're listening to this on the fifth or the sixth, you know, really think about like, okay, what am I spending my time on? Like, what do I do in a typical day? What do I want to change? And maybe for you, that doesn't mean changing Instagram. Maybe you like Instagram. Maybe for you, Instagram is a place where like you, you look at memes, you decompress after a long day at work, you know, whatever it is like, and that's totally fine. We're not telling you how to live your life. We, we just want to give you tools on how to live a better life and better is, as it relates to you. Right. And so really look at your time and think about what are the things I'm doing that I think I could be doing better. I, I think I could be wasting mm-hmm. less time here. I think I could be replacing this with a new habit. Right. And I think that's a good basis for thinking about what you want to do. Like it's easy to get sucked up into like, oh, like, all my friends are going vegan, like, oh, like, everyone's hitting the gym, I should hit the gym, but maybe the gym isn't the right habit for you at this point in time, and there are other things that you could be doing, or maybe you you don't even like the gym, right, so don't pick up habits that don't fit with what you want to be in your life, right, and that's a really big point for me, I think, too, Um, so, like, like I said, like, I'm vegetarian now, but uh, I've been considering it for a long time, and I think the, the point was that it just wasn't the right point in my life where I wanted to do it and I felt like there were a lot of pressures on me you know from like documentaries and things like that and like a lot of my friends going vegetarian and things like that um, that were kind of pressuring me to do it where it wasn't something I wanted to do out of my own will and I think that's very very important because you're not going to actually stick with something unless it's something out of your own will and uh, yeah that I mean that's why it was the right time for me at this point uh, to, to do it because like I felt that it was my decision that I was making it out of my own volition and that I was really, you know, prepared and ready to do it. 
Um, and so make sure you keep that in mind when you're forming these new habits as well. Don't feel pressured to do something just because it's trendy or whatever. Exactly. And, you know, make it fun. Uh, it goes back to reducing the friction as much as possible. Uh, I mean, like, most people don't enjoy eating veggies just for the sake <laughs> of eating veggies. But, uh, you know, just, you know, instead of just uh, steaming them, whatever, you, you can try roasting them, add some salt, Jeez, add some pepper. You shop. know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you, you already know, like, f- like finesse it up a bit. Um, and again, like, yeah, just the whole idea of making it fun makes it a lot easier to adopt those new habits. Um, and like I think you brought up a really good point in um, the whole comparison thing, like comparing yourself to others and like where they're at in their goals and everything. Mm-hmm. Again, like there's no there's no utility in doing that. It is not useful. And I know that there's a really big draw towards doing that, especially if they're doing something or they're at a place where you want to be. Yeah, that similarity is what inherently makes us want to engage in that act. But remember, there's uh, there's the there's no there's nothing noble in being superior to your fellow man true nobility is being superior to your former self absolutely and i think that's really applicable here because again like comparing yourself to others won't make a difference but if you can compare yourself towards where you were yesterday a week ago a year ago you can see the growth that's been happening or lack thereof and that can be a good wake-up call for you too yeah um i think reflection is a big part of this and i'm glad you touched on that because uh it's and that sort of goes with like having measurable goals. Um, if like I could, I could draw back to myself two years ago where, you know, I was upon like 300 different co-ops and like I would get like two interviews, maybe one interview. Right. And keeping track of those numbers, like at the time it felt really depressing, but like it makes it such that like I can really, really see how far I've come since two years ago. You know what I mean? Because I measured things like that. And having that sort of progress as a benchmark is, I think, super, super useful for yourself to like kind of look back and see how far you've grown and i think an underrated part of the new year um is while we're on the topic is not just thinking about what you want to change in your life but what you have changed in your life and how you have improved Mm. and i think that positive Mm -hmm. reinforcement is really really important rather than like fixating on the negative like fixating on your schedule and saying like okay i waste time here i'm dumb here i'm on instagram here you know i'm not working out here i could be squeezing out an extra ounce here like sometimes it's not about that too sometimes it's about thinking about Okay, what are the things I've done that are working that I want to keep doing, right? And adding on habits ad nauseum isn't always the answer to that. I think um, there's a YouTuber that um, that I follow, Matt Diavella. Um, I don't know if you watch him as well, um, but he's really great. And he has he basically did um, throughout 2019 he did a challenge where he would do a new habit for each month for 30 days. Um, so it was okay. like cold showers. Um, waking up at 5 a.m. every day, like, you know, like different things. Each month would be a different habit. And he started off in the beginning of the year and he was like, okay, look, um, that means 12 new habits. Maybe all of them won't stick, but by the end of this year, I should probably have like a few new habits in my arsenal, right? And it turned out like it's really, really hard to kind of stack those habits on top of each other. When you're always trying to like add something new, when you're always trying to change your behavior, sometimes it's really hard to stack them, especially if they're not related, right? And so what I'm trying to take out of this is that Maybe there's things that you've been doing that are really, really good for you and really, really positive. And just adding something for the sake of adding something might, if anything, put your current progress at jeopardy. So really think about the positive things you have done and how those things, how adding new things can complement that rather than just adding things for the sake of adding things as well. Right. Um, there's the, the quote, like, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best, the second best time is today. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there, yeah. If I, I see a lot of people, you know, they'll see somebody at a really high level in their respective uh, art or their field or whatever. You know, they'll see some of these um, prodigies on the piano, or whatever. You'll see like, oh dang. I wish I started playing the piano like 10 years ago, like when I was his age. I'd be so good at this point, Definitely, right? Yeah. Well, if you think about it, like, look how long you've been saying that for. If you start today, you'll look back a year from today like, oh, wow, I'm glad I stuck with it for a whole whole last year. And look how far I've come now. Um, make that make that your motivation. Make that motivation in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, that future you. Like do do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor and just stick with these goals because remember that's still you at the end of the road. Yeah. And if you can like it's it's a hard thing, it's an abstract thing and it's the the reason why it's hard is because there's no there's no concrete result for you to see like immediately. And like people are like expecting themselves to be good at something as soon as they pick it up. Yeah. Which, which is a dream killer. Like a lot of people end up flopping on their goals just because, like, oh, they spend a week doing something, and oh, surprise, they're not good at it yet, <laughs> um, and they just give up on yeah. it. But you just stick with it, adhere with it. You can do it. Anything is possible. Jeez, thanks for the inspirational words. Words signing off. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think one of the things I want to bring up related to that is you brought up the idea of um, like the future you, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I forget which book, I think this was in Atomic Habits, but it's a really useful way of thinking about goals sometimes. And it might help you. It hasn't necessarily helped me as much, uh, but it's a really interesting way of thinking about things in the sense that you can split up like yourself into past you, present you and future you, right? Uh, past you is kind of caught up in, in like regret, right? When you think about the past, you're like, fuck, I should have done this. I should have done this. And future you is never really satisfied with the present. Like you're always thinking about what you can do in the future, Right. And present you is pretty satisfied. Present you is like, you know, you're in the moment. You're kind of doing whatever's best for you in the moment. And present you is like actually a pretty good guy, right? And so one of the things you can think about is a lot of people have trouble like doing things for themselves, right? Sometimes, right? Like where they're being, they think they're being selfish or they just don't have the same motivation for it versus when they're doing something for someone else. It's like very evident and they're, they're very selfless and they're very giving and they're willing to sacrifice their time. So a useful way to think about it is think about future you as like a human being, right? And think about yourself mm-hmm. in a year and be like, okay, in myself in a year, what kind of favor do I want to do for that person, right? Like treat it as a different human being because it is. You're going to be a completely different human being by the time a year has passed. And think about what the favors you want to do for them are. Like how do you want to set them up to succeed? Because you're going to become that person. So if you start that habit, you know, of working out every day, doing an ab routine, whatever it is, like future you in a year is going to have a six pack. And that's a sick like, you know, like, that's a really great um, favor to do for them in a year because it makes things, you know, it makes them feel a lot healthier, whatever it is, whatever their goals were. And I, I think that's an interesting dichotomy to use um, when, when setting goals. Right. I like that you brought that up um, because people will, so in the effort to either positively or negatively reinforce certain habits, um, people can use things like, uh, financial either rewards or uh, a lack thereof like they can put up money as a stake towards achieving a goal or flopping on it and if they don't achieve it they'll end up paying out like whoever was their referee for that maybe like, I don't know like $50, whatever amount they set it to but more so than that I think something that we that is more conducive towards sticking with your goals is that relationship with somebody else 
like we're less inclined to flop on somebody else if it means like letting them down than we are to just lose that money definitely like 50 bucks that's going to come back to me eventually right but like i don't want to end up disappointing this other person yeah so while that future you may be like tough just because it's so abstract to think of like they're not actually there you can't talk with them right but if you can try and adopt a goal in conjunction with somebody else with like a friend or something and you're both working towards Mm -hmm. that there can be that mutual reinforcement from both sides and each of you can keep each other accountable towards achieving that goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then kind of on that point as well, accountability. I think accountability is huge and one thing that me and Damien have done is sort of use each other as accountability partners. And if you're going forward into the new year with a new goal, that might be something you would want to take a look at. Um, we've so, sort of since fallen off that trade, but <laughs> we've had an interesting you know, ups and downs of that journey. But um yeah the main idea is like having that accountability partner and you can do this weekly you can do this daily uh whatever it is and telling your accountability partner what your three main goals like three or x you know main goals for that day are and checking in with them at the end of the day and making sure that you've done it and just the act in and of itself i think the most valuable part of that is not even that like you feel guilty because somebody else is like knows that you haven't done what you did today because like there are a lot of times where i wouldn't have done you know my goals or whatever and Damien would know. And it's not like he would judge me or anything like that. I think the, the value mm-hmm. in it is that you're sort of setting aside some time to purposefully think about what you want and then also reflect on what you did. And I think that's the main value of it in the sense that a lot of us don't take that time if we don't have some reason to do it. Um, so like some people journal and do, do it that way. But for me, I wasn't really achieving that. Um, and so I think that's what the main value was, it was of it. So if you're going to the new year, really think about like, who are your peers that, um, who are your peers that maybe are accomplishing similar goals or have similar goals to you? Um, and how can you maybe play off of their progress and make progress with them? Um, not in the sense of comparing yourself, but in the sense that you're both growing together and that might be really, really useful for you too. Bring your homies up with you, yeah. you know, while everybody get on, the, get everybody on the come up together. Um, yeah, with the uh, whole accountability partner thing, um, I think it's a really good practice, like for a bunch of different reasons. And if you're curious about it, um, all you have to do is look up accountability partner, and I'm sure there's going to be some resources that pop up. Um, but like a couple of different things that really helped me out when we were doing it, and uh, I've since I guess replaced it with journaling, which um, which can act as in the same way. Mm-hmm. But one thing is if you're flopping on a certain goal that you've been setting for yourself, it's very evident when you do that two, three days in a row, not only to yourself, but to the other person as well. And that gives that other person a chance to offer some words of encouragement. Self-accountable sometimes, but it's very, it's glaring, glaringly evident um, when you have it written down. Yeah. And journal can journaling can double for this as well, just because it's the whole act of reflection. Um, and it's the only difference is that instead of having somebody else there to kind of cheer you on, you got have you have to be your own cheerleader, mm-hmm. uh, which can be tough sometimes when we're most often our own worst critic. So just don't be too hard <laughs> on yourself, you know. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. That, that's definitely be kind to yourself. That's the, the message we want you yeah. guys to take away from this podcast for sure, because mm-hmm. it is tough. I'm like thinking about all the things that you haven't done, but yeah, be kind to yourself. Think about your wins. Think about what you have accomplished. And a quick note on accountability partners too, like um, interestingly enough, I think accountability partners actually work better when it's not somebody you're super, super, super friends with. Um, and how, how Damien kind of mentioned that, like it is really obvious. I think. 
uh, not to call you out, but uh, one thing that stuck in my mind was that I think you were doing an essay or something. This was like last year sometime. Yeah. And you were yeah. doing an essay. And I remember like for three days in a row, you're like, yeah, I didn't make much progress on the essay. I couldn't do it, yeah. <laughs> couldn't do it today. And I was like, yo, you're bullshitting me. You know, like <laughs> you, you could have definitely done it. It's been three days. It's been on your agenda for three days. Like you told me in three days, you didn't have time to do any of this essay. Like, and so I, I remember, I think I called you out on it and you were like, yeah, damn, like I've been slacking on that. And like, I, I think that's one of the best parts about an accountability partner is like using somebody to be honest with yourself. Well, that isn't you because we're really, really likely to lie to ourselves, whether it be like in the positive direction exactly. or the negative direction too, right? Like sometimes you're like, shit, like I really haven't done anything this year. I feel like I'm in the same spot. But then when you think about it, like you're completely different from who you were a year ago and in a lot of good ways, right? So absolutely and that you have to be transparent you have to be honest with yourself and with your boy um for, in order for this to or work yeah like, you're yeah. not doing anybody any favors by lying yeah yeah well um i think that's a good note to wrap it on remember folks it's the second day of the year be kind to yourselves present you is a pretty chill dude or gal <laughs> absolutely yeah um, yeah and thanks for listening if you have any more critiques feel free to leave a review on apple or spotify we'll have this up on google yeah. soon too um and yeah keep crushing those goals and make sure you accomplish whatever you wanted this year cheers and stay tuned